0: Welcome to the Faith, Finances and F-Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul and cover your ears. Join host Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director and Kevin Bartolacci, Director of Research and Education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another and hopefully you too.
1: Yes, hopefully we do. Hopefully we entertain someone. I'm not sure how well we're entertaining each other. Oh, it's definitely entertaining. <laughs> We've certainly uh, been talking off cast before uh, before starting this episode and uh, had a little bit of entertainment, but a little bit of frustration too. So uh, I don't know, listeners, where this may go because uh, really uh, we we could go anywhere. So hopefully everyone is... Well, frustration starts with an F. Uh, that is we'll true. tie it in that way if we have to. Yeah, if we have to. Happy New Year, everyone! I guess we'll just jump jump right in. I did my homework. This was a financial thing that I researched. If we have faith to talk about today, that would be that would be that would fall on you. So I know you've prepared, you know, the doctrine of election and not uh, a and chance.
2: <laughs> I, I'm going to check my pile of notes here in, the,
1: in front of me and see what I have in there. Yeah. So bottom line for me, what you found in your research, July of 2022, Richard Durbin, with the support of Roger Marshall, introduced the Credit Card Competition Act. 2022, So that's what all of this is. It didn't get passed, so it got carried into 2023. So it's still ongoing. Mm -hmm. So they introduced it in July. In September, some people that were in support of the big credit card companies like MasterCard and Visa, which has 80% of the market, I believe, on all of this. In September, their statement kind of said the adverse effects of this bill include the disappearance of reward programs. (laughs) December 5th is when this ad campaign was launched. Right. Did you find out who was behind it? Yes, I did. A new business group, basically big heavyweight Republicans. Shocker. Yeah. Called themselves the American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce, which has branded themselves as an alternative to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Um, So these Republican heavyweights launched this ad campaign in defending Mastercard and Visa, and they put out these ads. Those launched on December fifth. That podcast that we had launched on December twenty third. So I did not miss anything. They did kind of come out of nowhere. I wasn't aware of the bill being proposed.
0: Right. It's so a lot of other I stuff.
1: Did, so I did miss that, among other other things. I guess it just, you know, it just wasn't on my radar. But what right. it is, they're going after the seventy seven billion dollars that banks and um, big credit card companies collect from merchants each year. Whenever consumers swipe their credit cards at checkout, so I'm going to assume listeners already know this, but but every time you collect a payment and swipe it, there's a percentage that that merchant is charged. It's somewhere between one to three percent. Although I recently, I think it was last summer, maybe it was last spring, I was uh, talking with someone and they did a and I asked them because they were a small business. I said, "You want to go on a card? You want to go this? I don't know what they charge." And I think. I think that particular person told me it was like 4% or 4.5%. They were charged. So it might have been a different banking situation. Yeah. If if, they, if you use a Visa card, it goes through the Visa network. If you use a MasterCard, it goes through MasterCard network. Those are the two big ones. Um, American Express, probably a couple other. Discover has them in there. But then they get a percentage of that money. The bank that issued you the card gets a percentage of that money. Congress passed... In 2010, as part of the Dodd-Frank Act, they passed this Durban guy's amendment that capped debit swipe fees and resulted in the decline of rewards on debit cards. cards. Yes, and that's where the fear-based
2: promotion comes from. Exactly. Because they are insinuating that because it
1: happened then, it's going to happen now. Right. And if if you are a listener that has, you no longer have free checking, or you have to have a minimum balance in order to avoid uh, having to have a fee for your annual checking, checking account. we're not just talking debit cards, just checking accounts, right. but debits as well. All of those emerged as a result of that act that Durbin passed. And so um, the, the expectation is what people are estimating is just as those kind of things resulted, the same thing is going to happen here. Now, the idea, I did leave this out. The idea that is in Durbin's mind is if, credit card companies that are gaining these finance charges, if they were to give the merchants a choice, this act would cause them to say they have to have more than one choice. Instead of having to go through only MasterCard or Visa, one collection, it would give them a choice. You probably do know this. Over 175 million Americans hold at least one credit card. That's the
2: ones they admit about, right? Well I wow. obviously, so there's I a high know. number
1: of uh, spouses that have a credit
2: card that the other spouse doesn't know about.
1: Oh is that is that right? Oh, I know yeah. that's true in checking accounts yep. sometimes.
2: Yeah I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Sorry listeners. But yeah. But you're yeah. gonna have to trust me on this one.
1: Is that right? I'm not one of them. Right. Courtney, if you're listening. I just checked on Visa MasterCard, which originally was Master Charge, I remember. Back in, in, in the day. Weird concept far. at the time. What? Visa, Mastercard, American Express, and Discover processes more than one hundred and eight million transactions daily. Mm-hmm. One hundred and eight million transactions—that's a lot of money being spent. Trillions,
2: I would imagine, of dollars.
1: Trillion, yeah. I think that people spend more money using credit cards than they typically would if they had cash. So, in other words, I'm not—I'm not suggesting people overspend or overpurchase. They might they might buy a little more or spend a little more because they're putting it on a credit card than they normally would. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think that, that that's yeah. what I feel. Yeah, all the social research has shown that to be yeah. true. Let, let
2: me give you a real-life example of that technique. We went to visit Olivia to help her move back to Columbia. Uh, we stayed at the Texican, and we checked in. They went through all the stuff, and ID, credit card for your incidental. And then she said, by the way, I've put a $150 charge on here for a right. mini bar. If you don't use it, you get it back. Being the financial guy, I thought $150 charge for a mini bar. Right. What yeah. what's what am I going to get out of there? So I thought, okay, that's interesting. So we get checked in, I look in the mini bar. It, it it's not just a mini bar. In the Texican, it's a full-size refrigerator. Oh, wow. Smeg is the brand if you've ever seen one Smeg. We open up the fridge, it's got bottles of wine not one ounce, I'm talking full bottles. It's got every type of shooter you could imagine tequila, vodka, you name it. It's in there. They have Red Bull, they have sodas, they have everything. There's also a tray lined up with snackers, wow. pretzels, candy bars, you name it. And they're all three dollars or more. Courtney said one of the wines, bottle of wines, was uh, 40 something dollars,
1: and that was probably two buck chuck.
2: That's really interesting. Marketing that they're doing because now you've checked in. They told you they threw this $150 charge on there. You're immediately in shock, like $150. Are you kidding me? Right. But then you get to the room. Well, it's already paid for. Exactly. So we're there three nights. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I see how this works now. Exactly. Yeah. If I'm bored or all of a sudden I can't control my impulse and I go over and grab a Snickers bar, that's three bucks. Right. I'm going to say, Okay, so I'm only going to get 147 back. Right. What's the big deal? Yes, without a doubt, social research has shown we are more inclined to spend
1: more money when it's not really money. It's just sliding a piece of plastic. The Credit Card Competition Act of 2022, which did carry over into 2023. They were trying to get it passed, but it didn't get passed, so it got carried into 2023. And since we don't have a house... uh, at this point, because right. we don't have a
2: speaker, it may never get passed. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. let's just say this. If you're a listener and this really
1: concerns you, you should write your Congress people. Yes. Tell them not to make you any think. changes. You've got some time, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, we do have some time. But that Durbin Act of 2010, I did find that banks were 35.2% less likely to offer hmm. free checking accounts. And on average, hike their monthly interest rates On non-interest checking accounts by as much as fifty percent. The minimum daily balance requirement went up by fifty percent to avoid
2: a service charge. A service charge. Uh, Let's not forget that same time the banks were dealing with uh, quite a bit of pressure from interest rates. We had gone through the two thousand eight financial crisis. We had Federal Reserve had dropped the interest rate to zero, and they were not making any money on their deposits. So they had to find ways to make more money. That is service charges, one of them. Right. Right. We're at a whole different position right now with respect to interest rates. Interest rates are going up. So from a banking perspective, they're going to be able to make more spread than they were in 2010. Right. So I would suggest to you that maybe all of this, uh, oh, my God, our rewards are going to be worthless, may just be an overreaction. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, the original premise was because what happened in 2010 is going to happen again. We're in a whole different place than we were in 2010. So I'm not going to be writing my congressman because it doesn't concern me. Many people will, though. I hope so. And
1: many people should. Yeah, they should be an active participant in our government. And and we probably have time to get to you mentioned something about the speak. Did you mention the speaker? Yeah.
2: So for those of you, I don't know when you're going to hear this. uh, The recording of this is on Wednesday, January 4th. Our. Republican-led House, the speakership is up for a vote, and Kevin McCarthy has now lost five straight votes in the House. Wow. He's he's a record-breaker. It's never happened before. Draw your own conclusions, what that means for this uh, term of Congress, but so far it's in complete disarray. And uh, what, what, what point do you finally stop, right? right. Courtney asked yeah. me that at lunch, and she said, well, one of them's going to give up, right? I said, No. The McCarthy loyalists have said, we're never going to quit this race. And the 10 people who keep voting against him keep saying, we're never going to vote for you. Hey, I don't know if this is even possible. I'm going to throw this out there. What if they elect Hakeem Jeffries? He's the leading ranking Democratic House member. Right. He only needs five Republicans to say, yeah, yeah, we'll vote for you. He's going to be the House Speaker in a minority party. I I don't think this would ever happen before. Yeah, I don't think it's. uh, Yeah, I don't don't even even know if it's
1: legal under the laws. I don't even know
2: what the law states. Like, keep in mind, listeners, this is the same party we're talking about. This isn't Republicans and Democrats fighting against each other. This is all taking place within the Republican (laughs) Party. So Republicans can't get along. Democrats can't get along. And they can't get along with each other. And they can't
1: get along with each other.
2: Which is amazing that we got the Secure 2.0 delivered before the end of the year. Yes, that is amazing. I had a coworker this morning who said I didn't see the the signing, and I said, "Oh, they flew it out to Biden at his camp or his
1: vacation place, and yeah. he may he may not have been fully dressed when he signed it. He so was there was prob- no cameras on. <laughs> yeah. site. he was probably yeah. in his Zoom outfit, yeah, he right? Probably so- <laughs> and yeah, in slippers and his uh right. robe.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, and yeah, no cameras. People around the house were probably just kind of in their That's leisure right. wear." So he's like, in a major I can legislative act. I can sign it. You bring it here. I'll sign it. But I just but this is it. Bring it here. You just bring it in. Secret Service agent. That's it. No cameras. No mute, no press. Nothing. A big pen will do just yeah, fine. That's Thanks. right. Thanks. <laughs> so we're off and running in 2023.
2: That's right. Sort of running yeah. in place if you're looking to be the House Speaker. Right. Well, we let, all right. Let's review. We promised Credit. to get to the bottom of the right. rewards. We've done do that. that. Did we promise anything? We didn't else? promise anything else. Okay, then we can freewheel it. Yeah, we can
1: free, we can freewheel it. <laughs> Edit all the rest of it out. That's so, right.
2: uh, F themes. Uh, we talked about frustrated first of the year. You know, what, yeah, throw something in there. Yeah. What's your biggest frustration so far in the first four
1: days of the new year? In the year? first four days of the new year, I don't know that I've, I don't know that I've had any. Really? I don't, I don't, I, I don't. Ha- I haven't had any frustrations with people in the first four days. Oh, I have. I'm frustrated with the. Uh, okay, this is something that always annoys me. And you and I have talked about this offcast. I have been frustrated in the previous four days of having one door locked and one door open, assuming that I'm either left-handed or right-handed. <laughs> Were you at my office? Going, no, I was <laughs> okay. not. Not in the last four days. I, I think. I think you mentioned it's like that all the time. Yeah. So, listeners, what I'm talking about is when you go into an establishment this is really interested in double door establishments where you go in both doors are unlocked and open to go in but then there's a second set of doors as you go in and one of those is locked mm-hmm. and the other is not and that just that's a fr- that is a frustration that's an that's that's an F bomb I'd like to talk about that and uh, when people are going when there are double doors and they're both unlocked people are only using one door and so you get congestion and you're going through a crowd mm-hmm and you're sitting there waiting because everyone is just funneling through one door. I think I have really magnified a lot of people because I see them all trying to crowd into one door, and I'm outside the establishment and want to get in, so I just walk around them, go to the other door, open it up. Thank God that's not locked, or, boy, would I be magnified at that point. If it were locked, are you the kind
2: of guy that would unlock it? I might. No, I've done it. I've yeah. opened up that side. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Open it. Yeah. I've gone around people, gone to that door, opened it up, and said, there's another door, people, and just disappeared inside. And as they walk away, they're thinking, that guy's a real animal. No, they're thinking, who was that
2: kind gentleman?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who was that problem solver? Yes. He should be Speaker of the House. That's right. So you've been frustrated by people in the previous four days? A little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Uh,
2: This whole debacle on the House floor is just making me want to beat my head against the wall. Uh, today we had a meeting. It was fine. Although <laughs> I'll just share some frustration. <laughs> F, that's our frustration yeah. today. So we have this as a recurring meeting. So it's a recurring activity on the first Wednesday of the month, starts at 8.30. Six of us. One guy we knew was skiing, so that was no big deal. Another one ended up late because she misjudged the traffic from school congestion. Three of us were there, and the sixth member just didn't show no word or so, anything? So my, no. No text, no email, nothing. And we're like, this is a frustration for me. And this guy listens to the podcast, so I'll see if he listens to this one. Because he'll yeah. know it's him, because I haven't mentioned any names, <laughs> but he knows it's him. So I, this is one of the things I do not understand about human behavior. Because I'm so disciplined when something's on my calendar. Right. I show up. And as you know, I'm usually early. Because that's my nature. Right. I don't understand how we can have recurring activities on our calendars. And you know it's on there.
1: Yeah. And yet... Because you carry a device. Yeah,
2: we all have it. Right. It's in our pockets, it's on our tablets, it's on our laptops. It's multiple places. How can you just not show up and not say to someone, the other five people who are going to be there, hey, I know it's on the calendar, but I've got a conflict or I'm out of town or I'm just not interested right. in what you're talking
1: about. Yeah, just no word, no. I mean, come on. You have no indication of. That's a frustration for me. I just, I just
2: don't understand it. Yeah.
1: So well, I, maybe there's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving him the benefit of the Maybe something, maybe something's going on. I'm just telling these.
2: you, for me, it's, it's, it's confusing. I don't understand right. it. it. And it, this isn't the first time this has happened. Right.
1: So it's like, why do we even put
2: a recurring yeah. activity on If we're all just going to make up our minds the morning it happens. Yeah. Hartley and I were talking, he keeps calling it off cast. So for those of us who aren't in the business, that means the microphones <laughs> weren't recording. <laughs> so we were talking before that. And you mentioned to me, this was an anniversary
1: date. This is the 10-year anniversary of what? Of my brother's passing. He passed away on January 4th, 10 years ago. This recording is on the 4th of 2013. January. 2013. January 4th. passed away. Uh, my brother was quadriplegic. My brother was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. I didn't necessarily think so all the time, but that's kind of a brother thing. We right. Had, there were brother things that were there, but he was very kind, very generous. He was... He was like a parent to my children. His loss was devastating to them. Took some time to get over. It. I can tell you, I'm I'm still not over it. And I've had a lot of loss. Yeah. I think in our in our very first podcast, when I talked about uh, when I just introduced why faith is important to me, I think I made the statement I've had a lot of f bombs hit my life. Well, mm-hmm. part of that is just how much loss I have experienced, and I have experienced a lot of loss. Uh, and if I can interject. You have had a lot of loss at what
2: I feel is young age. Yes. I mean you're only fifty two now. Just so turned fifty three. Had that we well, talked about your three birthday parties. Yeah,
1: we did, but but that's the podcast that we did in an alternate studio. Oh, and so it didn't right. it didn't work so <laughs> actually we could so we can relive that. I can tell you about all the food <laughs> and all of the dancing and all of the Maybe next yeah, time. Yeah, maybe next time, maybe never. So from from my
2: perspective as being just slightly older than you, by the time you're forty three years old, you've lost every member of your nuclear family. Exactly. I'm the last one. And to me, that's just like, holy cow.
1: Yeah. Because I still, I have all mine still. My mom and dad and both brothers. My brother and I were, our lives were intertwined in a very unique way. Mm -hmm. I served him as a caregiver as well as a brother and a friend and uh, so many things. He was such a smart such a clever, so, so intelligent, and so well-read on so many subjects that if he'd have been alive, I'd have gone to him and said, have you heard anything about this credit card? Right. This credit card threat thing? And then yeah. he would probably know, and then we could talk to him about it. But, I mean, it was that and so many, so many things. And up to the end of his life, I was sharing with our kids last night because we, we all went out to dinner together as a family because it was the 10th tenth mm-hmm. anniversary. We wanted to take some time to memorialize that. And so I was sharing with them that I don't want to get into the details of his passing, but as he was talking to medical personnel, telling them something that he was experiencing, it was really, he was really saying that to me because of some things that I was, and these were faith-related things. There was a faith-related issue that I told him I was struggling with that I totally understood and totally was at, at, totally comfortable with the idea, but there was something about that being unknown and being a mystery that I, I was not that comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so he, he was talking about how much at peace he felt when he was slipping in and out. He was kind of in between here and there. And the medical team didn't need to know that. He was saying that to me because that was one thing I was struggling with. It's like, I know I can't really explain it. And this is good for our listeners to say because there's so much about spiritual, our spiritual lives that are mysterious. And things about God, there's a lot of mystery there. I want to help us with that mystery and just say, how can you be present with God and, Talking about this now, talking about his passing, and talking about that moment—that's an invitation from God for me to spend that time engaging on what was that moment like. Like so, in a mysterious way, God is speaking to Bentley to give me a message to ease my mind and be peaceful about something that was troubling me for a few weeks. And faith-wise, I wouldn't. It's very rare that I'm troubled by something in the realm of faith. For me, it's very rare that I'm troubled by something for more than. Just a small, short term. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because uh,
2: undoubtedly there's some of us are going to benefit from from that story and hearing the relationship that you guys had. I know for me, one of the mysteries is I feel like I live every day like it's possibly my last day. I'm engaged, excited about life most of the time. <laughs> and I do have this deal, and I've said it publicly when we talk about longevity risk in my business, and I've said this at a number of different um meetings I've held, I don't care when it is I die. I'm going to consider it a premature death. Oh, exactly. Of course. Even if I'm 110, I'm going to be like, nope, nope, nope. I died too soon. Yeah. And yet I know it's going to happen. And I I have this, I have a faith like you. I believe I'll be embraced by (laughs) God, but I don't know what it looks like. And because of that unknown, I feel like sometimes that's what drives me to live the way I live. I'm, I'm going to be fully present. I'm going I'm to grab this by the horns.
1: Right. Being fully present to everything that's going on around you is something most people do not do. Not do. Right. I agree. And, and because most people do not do that when it comes to a relationship at any level, it's, it's that much more challenging to be present before God and to believe that you're present before him and how to find him in that, whether he's inviting you or inviting him. So that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah, so if I can just kind of summarize that.
2: What I when I hear you saying is it, it's important to be present not in, in our spiritual relationships, but also in our interpersonal relationships right here right. on Earth. Right. And that's a place where I think a lot of us uh, fail. You know, We come up woefully short in that. I, right. I, I see it when I'm in public all the time. Um, I want to transition to bowling. That's right, folks. My goat nose has taken over first place the first time this year that we've been solely in first place by ourselves. Hartley had a great performance Monday night. I know he fell a little short of both his personal best game and his personal best series, but I have to brag on him a little bit for the first two games, he was in the pocket getting high pin counts on his first ball. It wasn't until the third game where we had a little three or four frames there where it kind of went off the rails a little bit, but uh definitely the best consistent performance he's had. We're excited for him. Our, our our team. I don't I swear to god, I have no idea how we're winning. <laughs> when I look at what our stats are compared to the rest of the league, when I say stats, I'm specifically talking about our averages. Uh but this is a handicap league and I I tried to talk to Hartley about this before he ever committed to bowling cuz he said, i I I'm not going to be good. I haven't bowled since high school. I've had a major injury." I'm like, "I know, but it's a handicap league." It doesn't matter what your average is. It matters how you bowl relative to your average. Yeah. And
1: he's he's been doing great. So we're in first place. Those crickets are there for the one or two listeners who have written me personally and said, please keep bowling out of it. No more bowling? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> who just who would say that? Yeah, I'm just No, I'm just harassing you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the encouragement.
2: Oh, it's been fun. We're getting ready to do 12 weeks left. We're in first place. I, I told these
1: guys when we put the team together, I don't care if we finish last. And I still mean it. Thank you for joining us, everyone. I hope hope you got something out of this this episode. Thanks for listening. Catch us next this time. This
0: podcast is for the purposes of education, information, and entertainment only and is under replacement for the professional services of a financial advisor, financial planner, spiritual clergy, spiritual counselor, or spiritual director. We suggest you seek out a trained professional for help with your financial and spiritual needs. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest of faith, finances, and F-bombs are solely their current opinions based upon information they consider reliable, but do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations the host and guest may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions provided by the podcast host and guest are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.